0: The six thirty Chad afternoon news with Jaylen Nye weekdays at two on six thirty Chad.
1: Okay, we'll take um a moment here, tee it up, or head to the legislature and it is Premier Kenny starting this afternoon. Here we go. <laughs>
0: Good afternoon. Um, I'm here to provide Alberta's uh, update on our COVID-19 response with Chief Medical Officer for Health, Dr. Dina Hinshaw. And I also have uh, am being joined by Minister for Environment and Parks, uh, Jason Nixon, who's available for questions on uh, aspects of the uh, federal support package for the energy sector, which I will also be addressing uh, after I present uh, today's updated COVID-19 numbers. Uh, In Canada today, there are a reported 30,697 infections and the number of deaths attributed to the virus is 1,252. The number of recovered cases is 10,092 across the country. The combined number of confirmed and probable infections here in Alberta increased by 239 over the past 24 hours. Uh, There has been a substantial increase in confirmed cases in the last few days because we have been, once again, stepping up uh, testing, and that is a good thing. Uh, We have uh, been increasing testing to 3,831 in the last 24 hours alone. Uh, And I'm glad to see that uh, with the expansion of the population eligible for testing, uh, together with our expanded capacity, we're seeing those numbers come back up. A total of 2,397 Albertans have tested positive to date, while the total number of recovered cases now stands at 1,124. Thankfully, no new deaths have been reported since yesterday, and so the total number of fatalities remains at 50. The most encouraging news in Alberta continues to be our consistently low rate of hospitalizations and ICU admissions resulting from COVID-19. Today, 60 Albertans are being treated in our hospitals for COVID illness and 13 are in intensive care units. So the hospitalization total is up by about 10 uh, and that is um, something to keep remind us that uh, we're far from being out of the woods on this and the numbers continue change very quickly Uh, however uh, we continue to see far fewer hospitalizations than even the most optimistic uh, scenario described by the AHS modeling which we released last week. As of today, we have conducted 89,144 tests and we've averaged 1,974 per day since the 4th of March. AHS testing protocols, as I just said, have evolved during the outbreak, adapting to the trajectory of the virus as well as the availability of testing resources. Initially, testing focused uh, on international travelers, uh, the primary source of early infections, as well as frontline healthcare workers. As community spread began to grow, we shifted to more people showing symptoms, especially Albertans who were more vulnerable to severe illness. Uh, This week, AHS extended testing to everyone exhibiting cold or flu-like symptoms. And in light of the severe outbreaks in some long-term care facilities AHS has been aggressively testing everyone showing symptoms in those facilities as well as of course sharply limiting public access to them and uh, putting in place a number of other protocols to protect our seniors to ensure that we get those outbreaks under control as soon as possible more must be done. So we are announcing today that in the coming days we'll be testing all residents and staff in continuing care facilities that are experiencing outbreaks, whether those people have symptoms or not. So a further increase in the testing protocols uh, for continuing care facilities because of their particular vulnerability and our ability to do so with our expanded testing capacity. This will help to contain the spread among residents and protect the compassionate and courageous workers who are caring for in those uh, seniors' facilities. Those workers are among the more than 1 million Albertans who are still on the job every day, despite higher risks, uh, providing important supplies and services for all of us. And that includes uh, many uh, tens of thousands of essential service workers. We need to keep them healthy, so as our ability to expand testing increases, we'll be moving as quickly as possible to test uh, more workers in essential services uh, in outbreak contexts and Dr. Hinshaw will provide more details uh, in a moment. All workers from all companies at outbreak sites will have access uh, to testing uh, and our capacity to increase testing both in the symptomatic general population and the Uh, asymptomatic essential worker population is growing quickly our maximum testing capacity is currently approximately 7,000 samples per day and we're working on continuing to increase that as I said last week our stretch goal ultimately is to achieve uh, 20,000 tests a day and we continue to do uh, work on analyzing the uh, application of uh, uh, fast response testing units as well as the potential for serologic or antibody testing testing Uh, so all of this will be the foundation of our relaunch strategy that i began to outline last week Uh, and uh, i should also say that another key element of our relaunch strategy will be a very strong policy to build a wall of defense around our most vulnerable seniors in particular uh, those in continuing care facilities uh, and we'll be discussing that further at uh, our emergency management committee of cabinet next week Albertans should be very proud of how we have come together to fight and defeat this pandemic. As the increase in hospitalizations and number of infections confirmed today underscores, uh, we are not out of this. I know we're getting increasing calls from uh, members of the public um, to reopen everything right away. Uh, But as I said last week, doing so and letting the virus loose would risk us having to come back with an even more stringent and widespread uh, lockdown uh, that would have even more devastating impact on our economy so as we begin to plan the details of our relaunch strategy uh, we please remember I say this to all Albertans please remember that the best way we can reopen key aspects of our economy and get back to something like normal is if we continue uh, to show discipline and that means for so many of us making sacrifices so that we can contain the spread and then uh, that will allow us as a cabinet as a government uh, and i know uh, that the chief medical officer will allow all of us uh, to move forward more quickly uh, with reopening today i would like now to make a statement about the very important announcement made uh, earlier today by the government of canada in critical support for the canadian energy sector uh, there were three elements uh, to today's announcement firstly a 1.72 billion dollar uh, contribution uh, to the governments of Alberta, Saskatchewan, and BC, uh, as well as the Alberta Orphan Wells Association to clean up orphan and/or inactive oil and gas wells creating thousands of jobs uh, while also having lasting environmental benefits Uh, this is a a package that we have been working on with ottawa frankly since last summer because we were still in challenged economic times uh, nine months ago not as bad as now but uh, we um, have underscored this is a really efficient way of getting good uh, blue-collar skilled labor back it it to work. Folks who have been laid off uh, and and who are maybe right now facing unemployment uh, in the oil field services sector. This is an important lifeline uh, for hundreds of companies, large and small. This is going to breathe new life into many uh, rural communities uh, where small service sector companies are a key part of the local and regional economy. Uh, And this is in addition to uh, the hundreds of millions of dollars that the government of Alberta has lent to the Alberta Orphan Well Association. So this will allow for a surge of well reclamation and completion work um, uh, all across the province, uh, we hope starting immediately. And I want to thank the government of Canada for having heard our message about the importance of this uh, in the midst of the economic crisis, especially. In addition, they announced uh, up to $750 million to create a new proposed emissions reduction fund to reduce emissions in the Canadian oil and gas sector with a focus on methane Uh, this will provide uh, primarily repayable contributions to conventional and offshore oil and gas firms to support their investments to reduce greenhouse gas emissions and uh, minister nixon can provide further details but he's been working very closely with his federal counterpart on a package of this nature um, part of which we hope will be the finalization of an equivalency agreement with ottawa on methane Regulations, pardon me. And then, thirdly, they've announced the expansion of the new business credit availability program um, to help Canadian businesses get the financing they, they need. Uh, expanding that to include specifically uh, small and mid-sized companies in the oil and gas sector, um, with loans of uh, varying between 15 million and 60 million dollars a year, offered at commercial rates, repayable within four years. And uh, the deployment strategy for uh, the Business Development Bank of Canada's COVID-19 oil and gas sector financing will be finalized shortly. So this is also an important measure to provide for liquidity uh, for uh, many uh, hundreds of small and medium-sized oil and gas companies, most of which, the vast majority of which are here in Alberta. Um, And uh, these three measures combined, I think, are are very good news uh, when we so desperately need it in this province's largest uh, industry in fact the country's largest subsector and let me just remind first of all I, once again I want to thank the, the Prime Minister I want to thank uh, Deputy Prime Minister Freeland for working cl- close so closely with me on these uh, initiatives and uh, Finance Minister Bill Morneau who's been in, in almost daily contact with Alberta Finance Minister Travis Taze on these and additional measures that we hope to see announced in the days to come I also want to thank my fellow we were on a call yesterday with uh, all uh, 13 premiers and once again I've heard over and over a tremendous solidarity and understanding of the importance of the Canadian energy sector and support uh, for federal action to ensure a future for this vitally important part of the national economy and I want to remind our fellow Canadians from coast to coast that when we were in the midst of the global financial crisis 12 years ago, that the national government stepped in to ensure a future for the Central Canadian auto manufacturing sector. Uh, and so th- th- that was the right thing to do. It helped to save that sector and with it hundreds of thousands of jobs. Um, but during that global financial crisis, one of the reasons Canada got through it stronger than virtually any other developed country was primarily because of the strength of the Alberta oil and gas sector. At that time, we drove national growth during the, the global financial crisis in 2008 9 uh, and that is one expression of how Alberta is, has always been there to help the rest of the country. This is a sector that uh, helps to sustain uh, approximately 800 thousand jobs directly and indirectly that generates tens of billions of dollars of revenue more than any other industry in the country revenue that goes to support things like world-class health care the system that we all count on right now but i just need to close with this by saying uh that more needs to be done. While well, this was a very important step forward today, and we are, uh, work, we'll work with the industry to make sure that this money is out there uh, creating jobs within days, uh, more must be done. Because uh, last uh, the, uh reduction in output by opec plus that was announced earlier this week of i believe nine and a half million barrels per day has not changed the uh, fundamental market conditions in fact I see that uh, WTI prices are down again to under $20 today, and Western Canadian Select closed at $4.62, down 38% today. So the OPEC Plus production cuts have had no impact on global prices because of the surge of supply from opec plus in the last month in the face of a catastrophic reduction in demand and so i want once to once again reiterate the urgency of the national government stepping up to ensure uh, liquidity for this the largest subsector of our economy, the largest export industry of Canada, Um, a point that I made very strongly yesterday uh, on the call uh, with the Prime Minister at the First Minister's meeting. Um, So we'll continue to work for additional action, but we are grateful for uh, today's announcement. And uh, with that, I will invite Dr. Hinshaw to provide her daily update.
2: Thank you, Premier. Good afternoon everyone before I give my update I want to acknowledge that I know that Albertans were disappointed but I did not share information on the foothills hospital maternity ward situation before yesterday I have heard clearly that Albertans rely on the information I share about unusual situations regardless of whether or not these situations pose a public risk Going forward, we are working to include information on all confirmed COVID-19 outbreaks on on our webpage to support my commitment to be as transparent with Albertans as possible, while still protecting personally identifiable information. As part of this transparency, I want to be confident that any outbreak site is informed of this intent before their information is posted online. We want to be sure that Albertans with loved ones in these facilities are getting timely information from the facility itself and will not hear about an outbreak from our website. I expect to be able to update Albertans on this information by early next week. I am pleased to report that our surveillance information is back online following the disruption earlier this week and I want to thank the crews who worked tirelessly night and day to make that happen. With this new data, As the premier reported, we have identified 239 new cases of COVID-19 in Alberta in the last 24 hours. This includes 134 lab confirmed cases and 105 new probable cases, which is a combination of the last three days numbers of probable cases. While this number is a high daily total, I want to remind people that we did expand our testing access this week and we expected to see more new cases as we test more Albertans. As you heard earlier in the last 24 hours, we did 3,831 COVID tests. Another reason for the recent increase in case numbers can be attributed in part to a surge in cases identified in households linked to a meatpacking facility in High River there are now 358 cases linked to this outbreak involving multiple connected households some of these households are in surrounding communities such as calgary and current information suggests that the cases in this outbreak are primarily linked to household transmission alberta health services has put together a dedicated outbreak response team to track this high river outbreak and to prevent further infections at any locations where transmission is occurring. Today's new cases bring the total number of Alberta's COVID-19 cases to 2,397. Of these 1,124 people have recovered. We suspect 400 of our total cases may be as a result of community transmission from an unknown source. This number has increased and is a concern. The locations where transmission is happening will be part of my update next week once we have had more time with the data given that we lost two days of access this week we have not had time to do this yet. There have been no new deaths over the last 24 hours leaving our total at 50 of these 32 were in residents of continuing care facilities i know that people who have loved ones in long-term care and continuing care facilities are concerned about the risk of infection at these sites i am too it is not acceptable that elderly albertans are being put at risk in a place where their health is supposed to be protected we have put strong measures in place to limit the spread of infection at these facilities we must do more That is why I'm working with Alberta Health Services to expand testing in the units of continuing care facilities that are experiencing outbreaks to now include asymptomatic residents and staff. This expanded testing does not replace or change any of our outbreak measures and a negative test in someone with no symptoms does not change a need to be isolated for 14 days if they are a close contact of a confirmed case. What it does is gives us a better chance of early identification of new cases. Given that we now know people who may be infected with COVID-19 can potentially spread the illness before they show symptoms, testing more residents and staff in continuing care facilities will help us prevent further infections and deaths. Having said that, testing is only one part of the larger response and it must be taken in that context. I know staff at these sites are doing everything they can to keep these residents safe, and we will continue to support them by ensuring our requirements around visitation, sanitization, and personal protective equipment are rigorously followed at all times. We cannot let up on these requirements during this crucial time. One particular situation I wish to inform you about today is the outbreak at the Manoir du Lac Continuing Care Facility. Earlier today, Alberta Health Services issued a news release indicating that they will be taking over administration of this facility after Public Health determined that protocols for keeping residents safe and well cared for were not being followed. The health and safety of residents in our seniors care facilities is of utmost importance and these measures are being taken to ensure that residents get the care they need. While we are focusing on this group at the highest risk of severe illness, we still need to protect each other in the general population as well. We must continue to stay home when possible, practice physical distancing when we need to leave the house and if we experience any of the symptoms of covid 19 including fever cough runny nose sore throat or shortness of breath we must self-isolate immediately and complete an online self-assessment at the alberta health services website to be referred for an appointment for testing if you do not have online access you can call 811 for this referral if you were directed to get testing through these referrals please do so Testing is incredibly important to our COVID response strategy. It helps us trace the spread of infection in our communities and identify any outbreaks as soon as possible so we can work quickly to address them. With increased testing, we will find more cases and that may bring new exposures at workplaces into view. This gives us an opportunity to be sure that contact tracing and measures to prevent infection are put in place we are using asymptomatic testing in select outbreak contexts as an additional tool in the toolbox of local public health to make sure that those sites that have outbreaks have access to testing where it's needed and where it can help identify cases early and prevent spread. This knowledge that we will be identifying new cases also gives an opportunity to prepare proactively. I want to remind all employers that you have a responsibility to prevent the spread of infection at your work site and protect workers and any members of the public who may enter that site. I know many businesses are eager to reopen and serve the public. We are not at that point yet, but continuing to follow public health health orders and guidance will help us get there sooner. Thank you, and I'll be happy to take questions.
3: Okay, operator, can you please put through the first caller?
4: Our first question comes from Kelly Kreiderman of the Global Mail. Your line is open.
3: Hi, Kelly. Hi there, sorry about that. Hi, Premier.
4: Um, You talked about this only being a first step in terms of uh, aid to the industry. Can you talk at all about what you would like to see happen next and what talks you're in with the federal government in that regard? And as this money comes out, is there a way of ensuring that it goes to preserving jobs and not to, say, executive bonuses or the like?
0: Yes. Well, absolutely. First of all, uh, with respect to the business credit availability program that was initially announced on March 13, 2020, today expanded to include uh, small to medium sized oil and gas companies with uh, access to commercial rates of credit for loans of between 15 and $60 million. Uh, and this is limited to uh, the funds must be used for operational cash flow and business continuity purposes. Um, and qualifying businesses must have been financially viable prior to the current economic environment. So those are criteria that have uh, been in the federal uh, program uh, the um, business of credit availability program delivered by BDC since it was launched uh, a few weeks ago um, and uh, when it comes to the well reclamation program similarly that, that's money that will have to the program criteria will be very clear and strict uh, that can't go to things like bonuses or dividends or anything except actually doing the work so we'll be uh, launching a, uh, a procurement process Uh, To take a large inventory of uh, uh, unremediated wells to complete that work. More details will follow, but it's about, and in fact, We've already been, because we've been been expecting a program like this for several months, um, Minister Nixon at at Environment and Parks and Minister Savage uh, at Energy have been working on streamlining the process to accelerate well reclamation work. Um, To be blunt, we want to see that money being spent to hire uh, folks in the field doing the actual work and not armies of consultants uh, issuing uh, endless reports. So we, we we're trying to cut the red tape around well reclamation to make sure that money gets to work uh, creating jobs in communities right now. So on your first question of um, what more are we asking for? Well, uh, we've been emphasizing the need for extraordinary uh, credit backstop to support liquidity in the Canadian oil and gas sector. Uh, our, uh, we've been working very closely uh, with the industry. Industry and the government of Canada uh, and our estimate of is that something in the range of 15 to 30 billion dollars is required um, in terms of credit backstop to allow for uh, liquidity through uh, access to commercial rates of credit um, this would not be the only sector that would need that kind of extraordinary backstop at this point obviously the Canadian aviation sector our airlines uh, tourism uh, would be other industries that have been uh, particularly hard here and, and I think what the federal government is looking at is a broader package for uh, industries that have really been sideswiped at this time. And, and we, we continue to work with them uh, on that.
3: Operator, can you please put through the next caller? The
4: next question comes from Dylan Short of the Edmonton Journal. Your line is open. Hi, Dr. Hinshaw. Um, I was wondering if you could expand on, on why these new tests for asymptomatic people in outbreak centers are, is coming now. Um, is it just a matter of capacity, or is there something else there? And um, is the sorry, is this in all centers or just in the one where there is identified output?
2: So, uh- We've talked before about testing in asymptomatic groups, and uh, I've always said that the most important testing that we need to do is in those people who have symptoms, because those are the people who have the highest chance of, of having COVID-19, uh, and those are the people that we need to make sure that we're testing to ensure that we can do our contact tracing and containment. And so earlier this week, as you know, we announced that any Albertan with any symptom would be able to access testing, uh, and since we've done that we wanted to give that a few days to be able to know whether or not we had capacity left over and so again we're kind of moving through our our priority list and what we've seen is that we did have an initial surge of the number of people who were being referred with symptoms Uh, and then after a few days we've seen that settle out a bit so we have capacity now to be able to expand our testing to those who do not have symptoms in these outbreak contexts. Uh, We're focusing on contexts where there is a confirmed COVID outbreak because uh, those are the the cases those are the the settings where we have the highest chance of having somebody who actually has COVID Uh, and also as we've talked about before when we take Test someone who has no symptoms it is simply a snapshot in time that result so if we were to expand testing for example in other long-term care facilities where there are no outbreaks uh, it does not guarantee that there is no COVID exposure it's simply a snapshot in time and so we have to make sure that we're using our lab resources as strategically as possible and focusing on the areas where we know there's risk to be able to control that risk and make sure that we're focusing again on preventing spread and preventing severe outcomes like death. Operator,
3: can you please put through the next caller? Our next question comes from Julia Wong of Global News. Your line is open.
4: Hi, Dr. Hinshaw. Just a quick two-prong question. Um, Is the product planning to release any updated modeling? And if so, when? Also, BC is looking to ease its restrictions by mid-May. What impact could that have on Alberta since our restrictions won't be eased until the end of May at the earliest?
2: So what I would say about modeling is that our teams are looking at our current numbers uh, and inputting that into updated models uh, but we haven't had discussion yet I haven't even seen those new models yet so I'm not sure when we'd be in a in a place to release those so that will take some discussion with respect to BC's planning uh, certainly we are having discussions across the country with my colleagues the chief MOH's in all the the provinces and territories about trying to make sure that we're coordinating and keeping each other informed about our plans, obviously each province and territory needs to make plans that are relevant to their own situation, to the numbers of cases that they're seeing, uh, and so you know each each province and territory will have to move at a, a different rate depending on what they're seeing. With respect to planning in Alberta, uh, that's under active discussion. So I think you know we talked earlier when the modeling was released about different timelines, but that's constantly under discussion and. And uh, will be, uh, you know, my team in public health will be bringing uh, recommendations uh, throughout the course of our response on, you know, whether or not we might consider, what times we might consider lifting recommendations for public health measures. Uh, so I think Albertans perhaps shouldn't, should know that we will have to have some restrictions in place for a long time, but not necessarily to have a, a fixed date in mind about when any restrictions might be lifted. And again, that's under discussion. Um, and will be uh, from public health bringing recommendations on an ongoing basis forward to the emergency management committee of cabinet for ongoing discussions on when it might be appropriate to lift measures
3: operator can you put through the next caller please the next question comes from kevin nimick of ctv the line is open
4: Hi, Dr. Henshaw. We've heard from the family of a man who died at McKenzie Town Long-Term Care that he wasn't given the option to receive treatment at the hospital. So what's the protocol, and are certain people being prioritized for hospital care?
2: So the protocol that I'm aware of is that if someone becomes ill with COVID-19 in whatever setting they live in, whether that's a long-term care setting or any other setting, uh, and if they become more significantly ill than can be managed, whether it's in their home or whether it's in a congregate care setting, uh, it's my understanding the protocol would be that there would be discussions with that individual, with their family, if appropriate, uh, and that that person's goals of care would be taken into account as to where they could receive care uh, so I don't know about any specifics of individual cases but the protocol that's in place does not restrict people from receiving care uh, in the location that's most appropriate um, so I'm not sure I can't comment more more on that specific case.
3: Operator can you put through the next caller please?
4: Hello maybe, uh, the next question comes from Tyler Dawson of the National Post. Your line is open. Thanks, Um, Dr. Hinshaw, is there an update at all on the Curl Lake outbreak and my larger question is people who are flying in and out of oil sands work camps, um, should they be self-isolating or something upon going back home?
2: So with respect to the Curl Lake outbreak, uh, as of today, local public health informed me that there are 12 uh, cases in Alberta that have been confirmed that are linked to that site And there are uh, several other cases in other provinces that have also been linked to that site so we're working with Public Health and uh, with the company to get lists and sorry there are multiple companies I should be clear about that so on the site there are multiple different um, organizations and so we're working to get lists of anyone who may have been exposed so we can make sure to provide those lists to other provinces so we can do typical contact tracing so anyone who was at that site recently uh, we would be asking them to self-isolate for 14 days as we would do with any other close contact of a confirmed case and that work is underway Uh, but with respect to that question about any work camp setting uh, i would not recommend that that happen for any work camp setting we're focusing specific on specifically on this one setting uh, where we know there have been cases and exposure
3: operator can you please put through the next caller
4: the next question comes From Jeremy Thompson from CTV, your line is open. Hi, Dr. Hinshaw. Just a quick question for you about uh, as the the weather is warming up here, obviously um, uh, places like parks and sports fields and stuff are are still open. Um, As people start to go into those spaces, uh, what should they sort of keep in mind as they they look to observe the, the rules and restrictions while still enjoying themselves?
2: Absolutely and uh, we've had a a very long delayed winter so I'm sure that Albertans are very keen as the weather looks to warm up over the next week or so to get outside to enjoy the fresh air and sunshine Uh, but I do want to remind Albertans that it is important to stay physically distant from others and so thinking about what you can do when outside that you can do uh, in smaller groups and groups where you can stay distant from each other, uh, I recommend that you are if you're going outside with your family or household, Um, Obviously, if if they're people that you live with, then those are people that that you can be closer together with. Uh, But, for example, if you have children thinking about activities that they might be able to play, uh, so perhaps limiting, and and I know many playgrounds across the province are closed, but playgrounds are areas that have a lot of high-touch surfaces, and kids would potentially be exposed to... Uh, viruses on on the surfaces that other children are touching. So thinking about activities like uh, flying a kite, kicking a soccer ball, doing things that aren't going to put kids at risk of being exposed. And for adults, uh, again, making sure that you're thinking about activities that you can do outside, going for a walk, uh, riding your bike, doing things that you don't necessarily have to be close to other people in order to do. But absolutely, uh, being outside and enjoying the sunshine is is going to be great, Especially after this last round of poor
3: weather we've had. Operator, can you please put through the next caller? The next question
4: comes from Dean Bennett of the Canadian Press. Her line is open. Thanks. Uh, just two points of clarification from Dr. Hinshaw, please. Uh, you mentioned you're expanding the testing uh, at at uh, continuing care centers that have outbreaks. How many centers is that? I think the last count was 22 or 27. And also off the, your remarks off the top, can you confirm then you're not tracking any other outbreaks at direct care centers, uh, such as hospitals.
2: Uh, So right now we have 34 uh, sites continuing care sites where there's been at least one confirmed case of COVID and as I mentioned earlier we will be putting that list up on our website next week Uh, but we do need to confirm with those facilities that all staff and residents have been notified making sure that we're not uh, surprising anyone um, with respect to that list and there are no acute care outbreaks uh, that I I'm aware of that i've been informed of uh, so the only one that i've been aware of is the one that i talked about yesterday with respect to the foothills site
3: operator can you put through the next caller please
4: our next question comes from james keller of the global mail your line is open a question on the expansion of tests to all residents in long-term care centers with outbreaks uh, does this include retesting like in other words if you get a test and you have everyone today and you've got people that are negative, how are you sure that they're not infected a few days later? You talked about a snapshot in time. I think that's just part of that.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And and that's, again, the limitation of testing people who have no symptoms. And it's why I wanted to really underscore the importance of all the other outbreak measures that are in place that will not be changed by this new measure. So we are not going to be doing daily testing of everyone in long-term care centers with outbreaks. Uh, what we will be doing is using this as an additional tool. Uh, and I've talked with colleagues in other provinces who've used this as an additional tool when there is an outbreak to do a sweep of a snapshot in time, particularly at the beginning of an outbreak, it can help with early identification of cases. Once the outbreak measures have been put in place, limiting contact, limiting spread, uh, it's less likely that you would have transmission happening in that facility. So it is most useful at the beginning of an outbreak or if you're seeing an outbreak um, that hasn't been uh, brought under control, but typically we would not be doing repeat testing. There would be, unless there was a public health reason to do so uh, but this would be a measure to enhance early outbreak control that we'd be adding. Operator, can
3: you put through the next caller, please?
4: Our next question comes from Graham Thompson of iPolitics. The line is open. Hello, I have a question for the Premier. Just to go back to something that Kelly Crudeman was asking about. a so follow up in terms of what else do you want. I think you were asking for up to, I think, $30 billion from the federal government. If you've got roughly one point seven two billion dollars today in the orphan well and other things dipping with methane, then if you want another twenty eight billion dollars would that be in terms
0: of liquidity? and loans uh, what else would you actually want in terms of a concrete answer from Ottawa well great what we've done is to identify the the quantum that uh, of uh, action that would be necessary to ensure uh, the Canadian oil and gas sector survives this crisis and uh, we estimate that to be between 15 and 30 billion dollars in liquidity measures that uh, could be addressed through credit backstop so essentially loan a form of loan guarantee Guarantees or they, the, one of the ways the Government of Canada has uh, done this to date, uh, for a number of sectors and businesses, is through um, uh, the Export Development Bank of Canada and the B- Business Development Bank. Uh, in some cases, uh, these instruments are also being uh, delivered by the, uh, the chartered banks, um, using the backstop of the federal government that's being administered by BDC/EDC. So that would be one model, um, and we don't we don't yet know where that's. Uh, We haven't got a final indication from the Government of Canada, but we do know that they are looking at a broader range of um, credit facilities to allow for liquidity uh, for industries that have really been hammered uh, during this crisis. And that would in- also include the aviation sector, Canadian Airlines, and, uh, and for example, the tourism sector, which has basically been shut down completely. So um, we're not asking for, to be clear, we're, we're not proposing that the federal government write anybody a, a $15 or, or $30 billion check, but we are saying that they could play a critically helpful role in providing uh, effective effectively forms of loan guarantee guarantees to ensure access to credit for these uh, businesses to get through this this crisis time.
3: All right, we'll take one more and then wrap up. Operator, can you put through the last caller, please?
4: The last question comes from Myrna of Radio Canada. Your line is open. Yes, thank you. Uh, first, uh, Monsieur le Premier ministre, est-ce-vous pouvez réagir à l'annonce d'Ottawa, tant d'année qu'on uh, parlait des besoins énormes en liquidité, à quel point êtes respect de société annonce And i also have a question for Doctor Fincha about exactly uh, what wasn't being done at the Manoir du Lac and what will be what will you be doing differently.
0: Très bien. Uh, nous sommes très heureux avec l'annonce d'aujourd'hui du gouvernement fédéral pour have uh, right. been
1: listening to that news conference with um, Dr. Dina Hinshaw, the Chief Medical Officer of Health for Alberta and the Premier of Alberta, Mr. Uh, Jason Kenney. We can tell you that there's been 239 new cases I- of COVID-19 in the past 24 hours in Alberta. Now that number high um, but they are testing more and so important to remember that brings to a total of two thousand three hundred and ninety four um one thousand one hundred and twenty four people have recovered we still are sitting at um 50 deaths no new deaths reported today which is which is good news can tell you though that we have 60 people in hospital 13 in the intensive care unit of those um of that number of that total number, up to four hundred of them uh, might have been through community transmission. and interesting, one of those cases we were talking about, um, the the ties to that meat packing plant in in um, in uh, high River, and uh, they are tied three hundred and fifty eight cases. In the province, tied to household outbreaks spawning from the High River Meatpacking Plant. Uh, They've said a team is being assembled to deal with this, but yet that is interesting in showing how quickly and how much it can be transferred uh, from people close to, uh, you know, in close proximity to each other.